love for you to join us in this opening hymn, this opening hymn, hymn 321, hymn 321, What a Mighty God We Serve. Do a couple of choruses of What a Mighty God We Serve, hymn 321, hymn 321, and then we'll have an op opening word of prayer. Amen. <laughs> What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before me, heaven at the door. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before me, heaven at the door. Heavenly Father, we also thank you again for we get gathered together here to praise your name here, to worship you here as a church. Lord, we just want to pray for uh, Pastor to be filled with the Holy Spirit as he preaches your word to your people for your glory here. And then as he preaches, please help us to listen to your word and apply to your word to our life. And then we also pray for this church to have a uh, good service as, as, a, as we gather here together, Lord. As we praise your name, please you be glorified, and then we focus on your word here. We, we love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. And as we continue in praise, we would love for you to join us in hymn 472. Hymn 472. Follow on. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you will follow on. Follow on, hymn 472. Follow on, hymn 472. Uh, down in the valley with my Savior I would go. Savior with my soul and 
a seat and welcome to our afternoon service. We're glad that you're able to join us this afternoon. It was good to have some visitors here this morning and some people that we haven't seen in a while. It was good to have the Smiths here and be able to visit with them. Uh, I hope you enjoyed yourself today in the morning service. It's great to be back with God's people. Amen. There's just no place to be like church. I enjoy it so much more than any other place in the world. Somebody looked at me this morning after service and said, you look like you have an awful good time in the service. And I do. Amen. I just enjoy being with God's people, and I hope you do as well. Don't forget about soul winning this Saturday morning at 930 in the morning. We'll go out and uh, and, and knock doors, uh, deliver packets to those who don't answer doors, and to talk to people who do answer doors about Jesus Christ. Amen. Let them know that Jesus loves them and wants to see them in heaven. Do you know there's nobody that God doesn't want to see in heaven? Think of the very worst person in your life. Maybe your mother-in-law or something. And, and uh, Just joking. I got the best mother-in-law you could have. She's in glory. Um, but um, <laughs> there you go. You caught it. Um, anyway, um, uh, I, there's nobody that I hate so much that I want to see in hell. There's no one who has done such evil. And there's a lot, a lot of people who have done a lot of evil in this world that I really want to see go to hell. And the important thing in our generation is to get that message out, to get that message of salvation to as many people as possible. And so I want to encourage you, if you're not a part of, of the opportunity to go out and tell people about how to go to heaven, please uh, come, be a part of it, and enjoy going out and knocking doors. Ladies' retreat is coming up in September. So mark your calendars, lady, uh, ladies, um, uh, uh, September 9th, uh, 8th and 9th. It'll be there. They're already, I believe, we have a sign-up sheet uh, in the in the foyer uh, to sign up so that we know how many exactly how many rooms we need to get, um, how many people we're going to stick into a room, how many uh, bunk beds we can get in the room, no, uh, uh, how many people will be in the room, and so on like that. And I want to encourage you. If you have any questions about it, uh, please see Miss Sherry. It is $125 per lady per, for double occupancy. Amen? All right? Okay. And then um, this uh, Tuesday, uh, ladies' Bible study at 10 o'clock in the morning and uh, be in the uh, in Miss Sherry's school, uh, Sunday school classroom. And so I want to encourage you, ladies, to be a part of that. If you're not a part of it already, uh, don't be afraid to join in the middle of it or come whenever you have an opportunity. The more that we can learn the Word of God and from the Word of God, the greater our life becomes because we've learned the truths of the Word of God and it makes our life much sweeter and much more wild. Did you know that the Bible wants, tells us that we're supposed to live on uh, as heaven on earth? As if we're in heaven while on this earth? And God will provide that for us by the more we learn his word. So, ladies, I'd like to encourage you to be part of those Bible studies. Don't forget about men's prayer breakfast coming up on August 5th and then on August 6th, 23 and 23. But we are doing something for the month of July, and I want to encourage you, if you can help us with this, uh, we are getting ready to get materials to our children to go back to school. It used to be when I went to school back in the dark ages, everybody got a little uh, piece of chalk and a little board. No. Uh, the school provided everything we needed. We had paper. They had paper. We needed pencils. They had pencils. We needed pens. They had pens. I remember buying a big pen for 19 cents in school. Now you'd pay about $4.95 for the same pen. 
And I used to take mine apart just like a kid today and make spitballs with them and shoot kids in the Never mind. And so, uh, but we're trying to get uh, materials for our kids back to school things, uh, crayons, um, uh, backpacks, paper, pencils, pens. Do so you have a list out in the foyer? If you want to look at that list to get some ideas of what you might would like to bring to help our children here at Central Park get their school year off to a good start, uh, the list is out there. I believe that's all the announcements really I have for this afternoon. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our two o'clock service. Amen. Teachers meeting next week or next Sunday as well, okay? All of our teachers, workers, whether it's junior church or Sunday school, all of our teachers, workers, helpers, please be in there for that meeting following the afternoon service next Sunday, okay? So write that down, all right? And then one other thing is uh, when you uh, let folks with kids, if y'all are, if the children are going to the restroom, make sure they go right out and come right back, okay? Because we don't want to, our safety guys out there, we want to make sure that they're not out there talking to them and, you know, all this other stuff with them. They, uh, you know, we want them to stay focused. So if you need to go out, that's understandable. But uh, especially afternoon uh, and they've eaten and things like that. But uh, just make sure they go out and come right straight back. Okay, y'all still with me? Say amen. Okay, so uh, uh, that'll help those guys out there. Uh, and that's just a precautionary thing, just to keep everybody, you know, safe. So uh, just you, you don't want anything to happen. Amen. Amen. And so especially to our kids. So uh, just if you'll help me with that, that'll be great. All right. Um, seemed like there was something else, too. But anyway, well, let's have a good offering. All right. <clears throat> we only need a little bit more to have a really good offering. Amen. Okay. And, uh, you know, so let me encourage everybody. If everybody gives something, then it'll be a really good offering. Amen. So I'm going to watch. And if you don't come up and give, give my, you know, put something in an offering plate, we're going to just stand up here and wait on you. All right? <laughs> you know, we get so touchy when it comes to an offering, you know. <laughs> but well, it's, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. So uh, may the Lord bless you. Uh, as you give. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Bless us, Lord, today. Uh, God, bless this offering. Thank you, Lord, for our folks. Uh, thank you for their willingness to be givers, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. this already on up here too if not we'll sing another song all right we may have time to sing another song so um <clears throat> so you're ready all right yeah come sing another one, brother elton while that's getting ready refreshing him 539 We'll sing uh, first and last verses of Rescue the Perishing, if you're able to rest upon your feet. 
Hymn 539, hymn 539, Rescue the Perishing.
his father. He's going to eat what the pigs would eat. Sloth. He thought he could find happiness, but he didn't find it. Oh. Oh, and he's good. Drink that sloth. Oh, 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 oh. The light that he had chosen, the light he thought he'd live. It just didn't work. Oh. <laughs> drank it because he was so hungry. kids that got saved while we were there this year and in spite of all the difficulties and obstacles that uh, that were thrown at us God still blessed and uh, and still saw some kids get saved and I'm I'm thankful for that and you watch brother uh, DeVito's going to have some pictures you know before service and things uh, going on so that you can even see more uh, in the weeks to come so kind of keep your eye on that thank you very much I thank you for all the offerings thank you for all of the uh, the backpacks and things that you uh, that you brought, we we will literally never know this side of heaven the impact uh, that VBS is having on the lives of those children, and not just children only, but the adults as well. So, thank you very much. And by the way, they want us to come back again next year. All right. <clears throat> so uh, you know, uh, I appreciate all of our people giving themselves to go. All right. Amen. Amen. Miss Wise said that several of the kids uh, have started coming on Sunday uh, nights back to church too as a result of VBS. So pray, uh, praise the Lord for that. Amen. Um, I was, I was going to say something else, but uh, anyway, I forgot about it. Go ahead, Brother Shelton. I'll think about it in a minute. <clears throat> Amen. We'll do one last hymn, and then we'd like for you to greet each other as we prepare uh, for this uh, afternoon's special and especially the sermon. Uh, hymn 435, hymn 435, when the roll is called up yonder, we'll do a verse and a chorus, and then please briefly greet each other. Hymn 435, when the roll is called up yonder. <laughs>
Amen. Exodus chapter 6. Turn that off for me. Exodus chapter 6. Well, I've got heaven on my mind. And if I can't remember the word sometime, I still, and they're right there in front of you too, you know. When you can't remember them, just read them. Amen, that's simple. Exodus chapter 6. Uh, we're going to read uh, verses 6, 7, and 8. That's kind of where we left off last week, and we'll uh, see what we can <clears throat> dig out of the, the uh, mind of God's Word and see what kind of gold we can get out of it today. Amen. Uh, so in verse 6, found your place again, say amen. amen. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, 
And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will rid you out of their bondage. And I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you a God. And and ye shall uh, know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens uh, of the Egyptians. And I will bring you in t- unto the land concerning the which I did swear uh, to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for an inheritance. I am the Lord. Thank you, Father God, for your word. Help me, Lord, to <clears throat> Lord to preach the message again that uh, that you've laid upon my heart as we go through the. Uh, life of Moses, I pray, God, that you'd help us to glean some things from it that will strengthen us and help us, Lord. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. God's good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. God, is, God is awesome. I'm thankful we serve an awesome God. And, you know, I was thinking about how the last few weeks the Lord's really kind of showing himself with, the, uh, uh, with your faithfulness and with the way the Lord's blessed the church and new folks and you know, I'm just glad he allowed me to be around to watch it. Amen. Amen. Now, if he chooses to take us home while he's doing all this other stuff, I'm okay with that, you know. Uh, but it's, it is, to me, it's fun to watch the hand of God move in the lives of people and how he, uh, how he grows a church, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. I want to thank you for your faithfulness and things that you've been doing. I want, to, want you to be involved in the things of God. Uh, I mean, it, it's important that we be involved and find our place in serving the Lord here in this place and that we might uh, uh, reach people for the cause of Christ. And, but anyway, I just wanted to let you know, appreciate it. I'm, I'm excited I'm, as we close today and we get ready to go home a little while. I'm already excited about what God's going to do next Sunday. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see. And, and so while we, while we, let's just don't sit down and wait. Let's uh, wait while we're doing it. Amen? Yeah, so anyway, but last week we left off in verse 5, okay, chapter 6. And we, we saw how that God reminded Moses that uh, he had not forgotten his covenant with Israel. And as we spoke about God's covenant with the people of Israel, I was also reminded that uh, how God has not forgotten his promise for me and you, his children as well. Uh, we who are born again children of God, you know, God promised us. Uh, in the book of John, he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And, and the, the, when he ascended back to the uh, right hand of the Father, the angel of God said, You men of Galilee, why are you stand you gazing up into the heavens? For this same Jesus that you have seen go will come again in like manner uh, as you have seen him go. So we know that, that he's coming back for us. And uh, he just didn't leave us down here to fend for ourselves. And uh, with just, you know, well, I hope... Every- no, wait a minute. God, God has not forgotten. Uh, he is coming back. And I'm thankful that we have that promise that he's given uh, but beginning here in our text, and, and this afternoon as we saw and started reading in verse 6, uh, we see that God has given Moses seven uh, what we call I will promises uh, about what he's going to do for Israel. Uh, and these promises make it clear that God uh, is going to deliver Israel from the bondage of Egypt and and he's going to give them their own land. He, he's made that promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he's 
reminding the, the, the Moses and the people here that, that it is going to come to pass. So we see these seven uh, I will promises. And, and these promises also said that, that judgment is going to fall on the land of Egypt because of their cruelty and, their, uh, and, and the way that they have treated the children of Israel. But before we move forward in this, I, I want to just stop here for a little while today. And I want to go over these seven I will promises uh, and, and, and show you some things. But I want you to notice also sandwiched in here between these two, uh, these two are in these promises. If you'll notice, you know, there's something at the beginning and there's something at the end. There's two identical statements on, at, at each end. And if you notice in verse 6, the first statement, it says, God says, I am the Lord. That's Jehovah God. Listen, this precedes the giving of the promises. When we see that, that God says, listen, I'm Jehovah God, all right? And then we see the seven promises. But then if you look in verse 8, it's a bookend. And God again says, I am the Lord Jehovah, which immediately follows the last of these seven promises. And what's going on here is God is giving Moses the firm assurance that God himself is giving and he will keep these promises. What an awesome thing that is for you and me. Because listen, it lets us know that when God gives a promise, he keeps his promise. When God says he's going to do something, listen, he, he will do what he says. And it goes right along with the message of simple faith and, and trust in God this morning about our shield of faith. Listen, we can trust God no matter how small or how insignificant we think something is. We can still have faith in God that he's going to keep his promise. And we can all say, amen. So while these promises talk about the deliverance of Israel, we see this here, uh, uh, deliverance from Egypt. We also see that there is a picture of the work of salvation here for Mankind as well, and I, I just think this is an awesome picture. Uh, the deliverance of, of Israel here from the bondage of Egypt, it shows in a lot of ways and in, in, in many different times the deliverance of man's soul as well from the bondage of sin because the, the Jehovah of the Old Testament, watch, is Jesus of the New Testament. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And we see this here in my easy in the association of the Lord Jesus Christ with the redemption of Israel from Egypt. And listen, we don't have to wait until you get to the New Testament before we can see the Lord Jesus Christ. We do not have to do it. We see him right here in the book of Exodus. And you say, well, how do we do that? Well, I'm going to show you. So I want to start in verse 6. Notice here we see uh, the uh, picture of the promise of rest. The verse says, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Now we've already studied and we know that the burdens of Egypt were extremely heavy. The burden of labor provided Israel with little time for rest. In fact, uh, Pharaoh said, I tell you what, if they want to uh, worship, I'm just going to fix it where they don't have any time to worship. We're just going to uh, make them get their own straw. Well, there's a lot of Christians today. Let me make this parallel as well. There's a lot of Christians today that are looking for their own straw. Yeah, right. Amen. I mean, we're out there. We try to find our own straw when God will, listen, he'll provide the straw for us if we just simply put him first in our worship. Come on, amen. 
And so we see that Pharaoh, listen, the devil will make sure that your time is full if you allow him to fill it. And he will make sure that you don't have time to worship. Listen, so if, if and that you know, because he doesn't want you to do that. So he'll fill that time if you allow him to do that. And so we see this in the in the burden of labor uh, with Israel when they they stopped uh, uh, providing a straw and made Israel provide it for themselves. And of course, one of the curses of sin is the lack of rest for our soul. Isaiah fifty seven twenty. The Bible says that the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest. But the Lord Jesus Christ, look in this verse, God says, I will bring you out from under the burdens of Egyptians. And God is promising them rest. And we see the same thing in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, where the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the emancipator of the soul. He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And the Lord says, and I will give you rest. Listen, the load of sin is too great of a burden for you and me to carry. Amen. I mean, but when a, but when a sinner comes to Christ, that burdensome load is, is removed and rest is given to you and me as a child of God. Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, it, it talks about salvation in terms of rest. And nine times in the, in the first 11 verses of Hebrews chapter 4, you find the word rest. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 9, the Bible says, There remaineth therefore a rest uh, to the people of God. <clears throat> so Israel is going to find rest when they have the heavy burden of the Egyptians removed and sinners are going to find rest when they have the heavy burden of sin removed when they trust Christ as their Savior. But listen, but I want you to see this as well, that when you and I have, are carrying a heavy burden today uh, in this old world, that we all we have to do is simply go to the Lord Jesus Christ because God said in the book of Hebrews that there remaineth a rest of, to the people of Almighty God. So Listen, if the burden gets too heavy, just go to the Lord because God promised us that we could have rest. Amen. Look in verse 6 as well. The second I will, God says, I will rid you out of their bondage. Now, I thought this was pretty interesting on this, what this uh, word rid means. If you, it, it literally means to pluck out of the hands of an oppressor or enemy. It means to snatch from danger. It means to rescue or to free, to give liberty to that which was bound and in bondage. So Israel, God says, I will rid you out of their bondage. So God says, listen, I'm going to free you from, uh, from the bondage of, of Egypt. I mean, they're going to be rescued from their slavery. They're going to be rescued from the murderous decrees and and from their oppression. And so it is, listen, with, with salvation, those who have been saved. Man is rescued from the enslavement of sin. He is rescued from the second death and eternity in hell fire. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 that Christ has come to set at liberty 
the sin shackled soul. Listen, but I am also thankful that in that same uh, uh, that same phrase, rid, it also can be carried the idea of that of the rapture of the saints. Listen, in other words, we are going to be raptured. We are going to be snatched out from the oppressor of this old world and, and, and listen, freed from the bondage of the things of this world. Thank God uh, that we are going to be set free one of these days. Amen. But right now, we've been set free because we're saved, born again. We sing that song, rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. And one of these days, amen, God's going to snatch us out of here. Amen. Notice verse 6 also. We see redemption. God says, I will, the third promise, says, I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgment. Now, God talks about Israel's deliverance from Egypt in different ways uh, to show the, the many different blessings of deliverance. And, and we, I want to show you three aspects of our salvation <clears throat> right here in this text uh, about redemption. First, we see the price of salvation. To redeem something, it means to purchase something. There is a price involved. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. We see this when Paul says, ye are bought with a price. Now, there's a price involved. And it was a great price that was uh, the case of Israel's deliverance. Think about this. We're talking about Israel first. That, that there was a great price involved in Israel's deliverance from Egypt. And, and in both our salvation and the deliverance of, of Egypt, watch, the price was not paid by the one delivered. It was paid by another. Egypt was the one that paid for Israel's redemption. Amen. I mean, they paid for it in the plagues. Uh, they paid for it in the loss of the firstborn. What a, what a huge price to pay. Listen, they paid for it in the riches that they gave to the Israelites when they left. Listen, God, God took care of everything. Amen. God took, that, took care of absolutely everything. In salvation, the price is paid by the Lord Jesus Christ who gave his life on Calvary that you and I might be saved. While salvation is free to the sinner, the cost is still high. But the sinner did not have to pay for his salvation. This rules out works. Hey Amen. Listen, he alone paid the entire price for our redemption. So there's the price of salvation, but then there's the power of salvation. Our text says that God would redeem you with a stretched out arm. The stretched out arm here, it literally speaks of power. The plagues that brought the destruction uh, to Egypt, <clears throat> God displayed his great power. Listen, and I, if you really think about the power of Almighty God and how he displayed it here in the plagues of Egypt, listen, that wasn't even a glimmer of the power of God. Not, at, not any at all. Listen, for him to change the, the water into blood to make all the flies, ever, how would you like to get up and be flies in your bed? How would you like to get up and there be lice everywhere? How would you ladies like to get out of bed to put your slippers on and you step on a bunch of frogs? Man, and them things. Listen, have you ever been around a creek that's got stale? It stinks. 
And then God said, listen, God says, let my people go. And, and all the frogs are everywhere. And Pharaoh says, you know what? I need to think about it. And then that's where Johnny Flanagan, the old country singer, wrote the song of One More Night with the Frogs. Y'all, and y'all ever heard that? Oh, listen, what a great song. Listen, who, why would you have to think about it about, and spend the night with a bunch more frogs in your bed, in your food? Listen, and they stink. And then when they did get rid of them, they, God just let them die right there and they had to pile them up. I think I'd be ready to get be done already. Listen, but we see this. Listen, Pharaoh, he, he, he just, he wanted to, he, he just, we see the, the, the power of God in these plagues, but, but we really see it, watch, in the death of the firstborn. Listen, it devastated the Egyptians. Uh, and the redemption of our soul in the same sense, watch, it also requires the great power of Almighty God. Listen, it required God, man, uh, to live a, a sinless life. It required the, God to clothe himself in his flesh, to live a sinless life. Listen, to, to die on the cross for our sin, to be raised again uh, on the third day and ascend back to the Father. Listen, that is the power of Almighty God. And when you think about it this way, listen, when you think about works, if 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 works is a part of salvation, then it nullifies everything that's going on here. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. But we see the power of God. Romans 1.16, Paul said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. The, there is power in the gospel. The power's not in me. It's in the power of God. Listen, we, if the Holy Spirit of God chose to do so, he could move in the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls, and the power of God would move people to salvation. And by the way, and we're going to get to this in a few minutes, but the Bible teaches us that it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. But we see here again that there is power in the gospel. Now, I want to add this, and I was... As I was studying, I thought that, that every believer knows that it's a serious offense, a serious sin to be ashamed of the Lord. Every believer knows that. He also knows how difficult it is to avoid that sin. Amen. When we have the opportunity to witness or speak out for the Lord, oftentimes we don't. We know the gospel. Listen. Uh, to, to, to the lost, to the unsaved, to the natural world. What the gospel is unattractive. It's intimidating. It's repulsive to the natural mind. And, but why, I ask myself, why is it intimidating? Because the gospel exposes man's sin. That's why it's intimidating. Because the, the gospel exposes man's wickedness. It exposes his depravity. Uh, and it exposes that he is lost without the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so those to, who are lost, the gospel doesn't look so good. Don't turn the light on, amen. I mean, have you ever noticed, if you got, you ever seen a roach or a bug in your house, you, and it's dark and you turn the light on, they, what do they do? They scurry to the darkness, 
They, they hide in there. Well, listen, the roaches of sin today, if you turn on the, the light of the gospel, listen, uh, we want to hide it. We want it to scurry to the corners of the darkness of our life. We don't want it to be exposed. And if you go out and knock on people's doors and, and you start telling them, I'm from Central Park Baptist Church. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not interested in that. Amen. If you haven't experienced that lately, then you ought to go soul winning on Saturday. Listen, when they first hear it, uh, they, they react, or most often they react on the defensive. Yep. Amen. They throw out worldly theories against it because a lot of Christians, listen, a lot of Christians don't know how to handle those things. Right. A lot of Christians don't know how to, to, uh, to handle someone when they start throwing out the, 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 these worldly philosophies or these worldly ideologies. Well, listen, you say, well, how do you handle it, preacher? I just tell them, I take, bring them right back to the gospel. Well, listen, that may be fine and so, but I'm just here to let you know that Jesus loves you. And, and I'm here to let you know that if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, how that you will not go to heaven. Well, the, well, I believe, well, listen, that may be fine and good, but the Bible says, Listen, uh, that our righteousness is as filth. Just take them back to the book. Amen. We don't have to listen. And they get me- sometimes they get mean. Yep. Come on. Amen. Amen. I remember a, a dear old gentleman in Kermit, Texas, a sweet guy. He was probably 80 years old. His white hair was as white as, as, as my shirt was faithful to go out and visit on the bus routes every Saturday. He went up and knocked on a new door. There were toys out there, and he knocks on the door, and a guy came to the door, and his name Brother Fowler. Brother Fowler said, I'm from a Temple Baptist Church, and I'm visiting for the bus route, and the guy run back in his house, got a hammer, and chased him out of his yard with it. Listen, that's how the world responds to the gospel. Why? Because it, listen, it exposes their sin. Amen. You know, it's said that if you take a piece of white chalk and you draw a a chalk circle on the floor, and if you put a goose inside that circle, that the goose will not move outside that white chalk line. He is fearful of moving across that white mark. And in a lot of ways, think about this, the chalk marks of criticism, ridicule, tradition, or rejection keeps a lot of Christians from leaving the security of their Christian fellowship in order to witness to lost people. We're afraid to step across that white mark and, and, and afraid that, listen, we might be, listen, we need to understand that, that there's more about things going on than me and you today. It's not about us. It's about, not about our comfort. It's about telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we'll just simply uh, present to them the gospel, we know that there is power in the gospel. It's not in, it's not in me. It's not in these men, uh, but it's in the Holy Spirit of God today where the power lies. Uh, we need to understand the importance of, uh, of getting out and telling people about what God has done for us. People have an innate, des- listen, people have a desire to be changed. If you don't believe me, drive by the, you know, you don't have to stop. I don't want to scare you, but you drive by the gymnasium. I mean, people want to be changed. 
Uh, they want to look better. They want to feel better. <clears throat> they want to have more money, more power, more influence. If you watch the TV commercials today, I mean, all the advertising is that people uh, want to change in some way or another, and, and the commercials are trying to <clears throat> convince people that their product is the best product to initiate that change. I mean, some of the commercials nowadays, some of the medication commercials, you, if you listen to them, I, I, one of them I think is about uh, your uh, blood sugar or something. And, and, and if you listen to it, it, toward the end of it, it says, oh, and they lost seven pounds while taking this. Listen, you know why? It's about change. People want to change, and they want to change to the, to the very least effort that they can. But listen, these man-made schemes, watch this, uh, they may succeed in making people feel better. They may succeed in making uh, people have a better outlook about themselves, but they have no power to remove the sin that brings the feeling of guilt and discontent in their life. And neither can they make people right with God. Amen. Cannot do it. It's not in man's power to change his own nature. Uh, in fact, if you look in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 29, the Lord Jesus, he rebuked the Sadducees. And, and the Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. Listen, salvation comes only through the power of God, period. And we can all say, Amen. Amen. Look at verse 6 again. Here's another. The punishment to bring about salvation. This is important. That verse says, I will redeem you with great judgments. Now before Israel was redeemed from Egyptian oppression, a great judgment had to take place on evil. I mean, what a great picture of salvation. It, this judgment brought destruction on Egypt and they were powerless to keep Israel in bondage. They couldn't do it. We're talking about the judgment of God. I mean, what a great picture of salvation. The truth that judgment is necessary for the redemption of Israel out of Egypt. The same is true for lost people. For salvation to become a reality for the sinner, judgment must take place. Come on, y'all looking at me. Judgment has to take place on sin. Think about it. That judgment came not on the ones to, the, uh, to be redeemed, but they came upon the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary. Listen, our iniquity was laid upon Him. Judgment was on the Lord Jesus Christ. Our judgment was judged through Him. He took our blame. He, took the, he that knew no sin became sin for us. Listen, if salvation, I want to read this because I don't want to mess it up. If salvation is works-based, then judgment, listen, judgment of sin is not needed. Calvary was absolutely essential for our salvation. Absolutely essential. Uh, It was the, God chose the place. 
I mean, he, the Lord Jesus Christ was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God had already chosen Golgotha. He had already chosen that place for, for the Lord Jesus Christ to die for the sin of mankind. So I want you to understand it. Just like Israel didn't experience the judgment that came on the land of Egypt for their redemption, the sinner does not experience the judgment that comes for the redemption of the soul. The judgment came upon Egypt in Israel's case, and it came upon Christ in the case of the sinner. Listen, he bore our sorrow. He bore our sin for us. And God, listen, the Bible even says that that the Lord Jesus Christ was smitten of God. Man, what what a picture Listen, God smote his own son. He didn't smite us. He smote his son. Thank God today. Listen, that we have a, a, a heavenly father that loves us that much that he, would, that he would smite his own son on our behalf. Judgment was placed upon him. And we can understand today before salvation is brought about, there has to be a judgment on sin in our life. We have to come to the place where we say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. There has to be a reckoning. And that reckoning came on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful today that that through the things that we see here, that we we see a picture of salvation. I want to give you these verses, and you can write these down if you choose. But we, we see the Bible testifies to God's glorious power in Exodus chapter 15. We see that Scripture shows us His irresistible power in Deuteronomy chapter 32. We're talking about the power of Almighty God. His power is unsearchable, Job chapter 5. His power is mighty in Job chapter 9. His power is great. His power is incomparable. It's strong. It's sovereign. It's effectual. Listen, and I'm thankful that we serve an Almighty God. Amen. And I'm thankful that He paid the price for our salvation and there is nothing that we have to do except accept it and say, Lord, be merciful to me a sinner and save my wretched soul. And I'm thankful today that he did just that. But it's all made possible by the Lord Jesus Christ. Jeremiah declared of God in Jeremiah chapter 10, he said, he hath made the earth by his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom. And hath stretched out the heavens by his discretions. Jeremiah 27, 5, it says, I have made the earth, the man, and the beast upon the, upon the ground. Wow. A lot of people ought to read that, you know. It says, by my great power and by my outstretched arm, speaking of the power of Almighty God, and have given it unto whom it seemed meet unto me. Psalm 33, verses 8 and 9, it says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. What a wonderful Savior we have. Listen, I'm thankful that God today is an almighty God. And I'm thankful that he loves us. And I'm thankful that he made promises us. And we can see the promises of our salvation right here in these verses now, if I keep going, <clears throat> we'll be here till 3.30, 4 o'clock. Amen. But I'm not. I'm going to save it. Listen, I, God's good to us. Amen. Amen. I mean, he's, he's far better to us than what we deserve. And he's, we, we see pictures of our salvation and our deliverance right here. 
in the book of Exodus. You know, when I thought about that, about, man, we don't have to wait till we get over here in the book of Matthew to be introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ. We see it right up front Amen. in the book of Exodus, in, the, in, in, in Egyptian uh, or in Israel being freed from the bondage of Egypt. I'm thankful that we have a God who loves us and he'll set you free today if you just let him. You know, we, we carry about around burdens today and problems that we really don't need to carry around. Uh, we think that God, you know, uh, I was telling Miss Brenda, I was talking to her the other day and I, I said something and we were talking and we was talking about worry and I said, you know, why do I have to worry about it if God's going to worry about it for me? I mean, Why? If, if he who made everything is going to take care of it and worry about it for us, then I'm good to go. God's got this. So if something's going on in your life and you need a little help, listen, don't, don't carry it around. Uh, you just take it off and you just set it on God because God promised. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Promise number one. Father, help us. God, I pray that you'd help us to um, Lord, just to uh, cast our burdens on you. Lord, help us to come to that place where we can um, just put our faith and our trust in you, a simple faith like we talked about this morning. I pray, God, that you'd help us not to carry around those things that we need not carry around. Lord, we don't need to be foolish about life, but, God, we can still uh, allow you to take care of things. And if we'll put our faith and trust in you, Lord, uh, God, you made a promise, and I'm thankful that one day that you're coming back to get us. Help us to be ready to meet yet you coming. Help us, Father God, to live in such a way that other people will see Christ in us and will give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and while we sing just a verse of invitation, while Brother Shelton sings.